Hey guys, we're so thrilled you're with us again today. It's been such an honor over these last couple months to be able to worship with you in your homes. And today I'm thrilled to be able to be on location at a home of dear friends of ours. And we are excited to continue this series, Summer in Sugar Hill, as we continue talking about water. Well, today, as we think about water, I've been thinking a lot about relationships. My wife, Laura, and I have been married almost nine and a half years now, which is crazy. Uh, somebody was asking me recently, well, what's the big deal about marriage? I mean, why? what's different between just dating somebody and marrying somebody? In fact, this person was somebody that's been dating somebody a long, long time. And they're like, why would I even get married? And, you know, that's a question that people are asking today. Out of all the differences there are, I think one of the big differences between dating and marriage is that when you're dating somebody, you could be close to them. You could know a lot about them. You could be tight. You could care about them a lot. But the difference between dating and marriage is in dating, you're close, but in marriage, you're committed. And what I mean by that is if you're just dating somebody, if you've never taken that next step with that person, it's as if you have an out. It's as if you could leave at any time. If things get rough or something shifts inside of you, when you're just dating, you have a way out. But when you're married, once you've exchanged those vows and you've exchanged those rings, it's as if you're saying, I'm in. I've chosen the one. I'm all in. There is no turning back. In some ways, it's similar to the phrase, you've burned the ships. Have you heard that phrase before, burning the ships? It comes from Hernando Cortez from the 1500s when he and I think about 11 ships or so landed in Mexico and they were going to try to go into battle. Well, everybody that had tried this for the last hundreds of years had lost. So how is Hernando Cortez going to actually win this battle? He said three words that his men did not expect to hear. He said these three little words, burn the ships. I think if I was one of his men, I would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really? We're going to burn our ships? But what Hernando went on to say, is he said, if we're going home, we're not going home on our ships. We're going on theirs. That's his way of saying we're all in. There's no turning back. We're not going to retreat. We're not going to escape. We are committed to this cause. And that's what, honestly, commitment looks like. And so nine and a half years ago, my wife and I, Laura, we stood in the chapel of our church where Sugar Hill Espanol meets now. And we invited a few, probably 150 or so of our friends and family and church folks. And my pastor who led me to Christ when I was in middle school and then ordained me into ministry and gave me my first pastoral job, he married us, Dr. PJ Scott. He walked us through our vows and he walked us through the exchanging of rings and it was on that day that we put those rings on and we said, we're burning the ships, we're all in. We're not just close to each other, we're committed. There's a lot of songs that have been meaningful in my faith, but one of those is when Dr. PJ Scott would preach and he would talk about knowing Jesus, one of the songs he would often have us sing as a church is that one little, that hymn that says, I have decided, I've decided to follow Jesus. Recently, I was reading a book that actually talked about the background of that hymn. I, I'd never heard the background before, but apparently it comes from a phrase uttered by a believer that was put to death. It's a family actually in India that turned from Hinduism and turned to Jesus. 
And so this is a big deal in their day. They turned away from their tribal beliefs and they turned away from everything they had known their whole lives and said, we're following Jesus. Well, when the chief of that tribe heard about it, he basically lined them up to put them to death. And he said to them, unless you renounce Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill all of you. And so this man who gave his life to Christ said, I, I, I can't turn back. I can't turn back. And so they brought his kids forward and said, uh, we're going to put them to death. And he said, but I've decided to follow Jesus. They brought his wife forward and they were about to put her to death. And he says, there's no turning back. And then finally, when he was about to die, he said, the cross is before me. The world is behind me. No turning back. No turning back. In some similar way of putting those rings on that day, uh, nine and a half years ago, it was a way for us to say there's no turning back in this relationship. Well, today, as we think about water, I want us to talk about something that's as powerful as the symbol of the ring. It's a way of people saying publicly, I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. And so today we're going to talk about baptism. I believe that there's many folks that are watching this service that know Christ personally, but you've never taken that next step. You've never gone public. You've never burned the ships to say publicly, I have decided. And so for you, I'm praying that God would nudge your heart a little bit today, that God would stir something inside of you where you begin to ask, is that the next step for me? And for others watching today, maybe you've never made that commitment. Maybe there's never been that moment to turn from the world and to turn to him Maybe, just maybe today is the day that you would say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And so we're grateful you're here today. We're going to worship a little bit now. We're going to sing these lines. And then we have the privilege of seeing my friends, Josh and Missy Holcomb, take that step and publicly say, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. And then I want to very simply say to you, here are the reasons. Here are the four reasons why I think you should consider being baptized. Let's worship together. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back, 
No turning back. No turning back. My name is Josh Holcomb. And this is Missy Holcomb, my wife. Um, we've been coming to Sugar Hill for what, six, six years. years now. Yeah, six years. Uh, we've been members for about a year, um, but we came here because of uh, preschool, oddly enough. Our son went here and our daughter's now going here. So um, we just felt that pull, um, God pulling us here um, to come home. <laughs> um, I grew up in church and um, came, well, asked the Lord into my heart when I was 14 years old. Um, I was baptized originally when I was 15, but um, just have lately felt a calling that we needed to get baptized again, just for our family, um, for us. And just to, you know, we've always been believers, but we want to be followers now. So, and that's, you know, the next next step is just professing that and, you know, claiming that he's the one that we want to follow. So. And I too was um, saved in middle school and baptized shortly after. But I um, have definitely been feeling the, the tug in my heart that it was just something that I wanted to do with my family that um, the seed was planted a long time ago, but our roots yep. are really taking plant here and are growing yep. as we just continue to dig in here. <laughs> um, when we were thinking of a verse that meant a lot to us, we both came um, to the same verse that was on our hearts. Yeah, Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Submit to Him in all your ways and He will make your path straight. We'd like to thank our church family, our family, um, God, Jesus, and thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for leading us. <laughs> One of the amazing things that we get to do, and what an awesome Sunday to be able to talk about taking that next step in baptism is to celebrate that today. And you saw the videos, but Josh and Missy are amazing people. Josh has been part of a small group with me for about five years now, and Missy finally jumped in the small group. I'm not bitter, but she's been part of others. But it's just, I just got finished getting to tell them that it's just been a joy to see them grow in Christ. And so it's an honor to be able to baptize them today. And so Josh, is it your testimony that you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus? Amen. Amen. Well, based on your testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, and we're raised in the newness of life. Let's show him some love. Yeah. Man. One of the joys of being part of this baptism is now for Josh to be able to baptize his wife, Missy. And so, Missy, is it your testimony that you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus? Yes. Man, well, based on that, it's a privilege to watch Josh baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That doesn't always happen <laughs> in the baptistry. But I, I would like to say a word to those that maybe you're you're wondering, can I be baptized? I don't know when to be baptized. Just drop us an email at hello at sugarhillchurch.com. Hello at sugarhillchurch.com. We'd love to be able to celebrate baptism with you. absolutely love it anytime we're able to baptize together and one of the reasons why I love that is because not only is it a next step in a person's life but it's also a testimony and it makes a difference in the life of others in fact the rest of that story is that angry tribal leader 
and the rest of that tribe came to Christ after the testimony of a family that was willing to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back, no turning back. Well, today I want to talk about why is it so important to get baptized? There's a lot of reasons, honestly. We could go on and on and we could drill down into some details, but today I want to, in a very simple way, answer the question, why get baptized? Why is baptism such a big deal? And the first reason is number one, to follow the example set by Jesus. Here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter one, verse nine. It says, and in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. So think about it. Jesus comes to Galilee, he tracks down his cousin, John, and he publicly declares his dependence on God the Father. And what an amazing scene. One of the other gospel writers records that in that moment, the, the Spirit of God in the form of a dove came down and the voice of God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. What an amazing picture. And so one of the reasons why it's so important to get baptized is because Jesus himself did it. And the simple logic is this. I know it's not very deep, but it's true. If Jesus did it, why wouldn't we? If Jesus thought it was so important to publicly show the world that he follows his heavenly father, why would we choose to do something else? So that's reason number one. It's not deep, but it's so true to follow the example set by Jesus. Reason number two is to obey the command of Christ, to obey the command of Christ. So right before Jesus left this earth, Right before he went back to his heavenly father, he had some last words. He had some last instructions for the disciples, the followers of him. And here's what he says in Matthew 28, verse 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Here's the phrase, baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus himself commands this. These final words are amongst the final words. Jesus says, this is something we're meant to do. And I love being able to say that to anybody that's being baptized to say, when we do this, we are literally obeying something that we know Jesus made a big deal about. So it doesn't matter if you're extroverted or introverted. It doesn't matter if you're loud or quiet. It doesn't matter if you're a people person or not a people person. This command is equally true for all of us when he says, and baptize them and baptize them. Any one of us ought to view it not as an option, but as a step of obedience. So number one, we follow the example of Jesus. Number two, we are obeying the command of Christ. And then reason number three is it illustrates Christ's death and resurrection. It illustrates his death and his resurrection. Jesus himself died on the cross physically. That happened. He physically rose again from the dead. Here's what the Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 12. It says, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And so, yes, Jesus physically died on the cross. And yes, Jesus physically came back to life. But when we give our lives to Christ, when we put our faith in him, that happens to us spiritually. Spiritually, we die to our sin and spiritually we are brought back to a brand new life. So that doesn't happen physically, but it happens spiritually. 
And so in many ways, baptism is that symbol, it's that picture to say something different has happened inside of me. Something different has changed. I've put my faith in Jesus and at that moment I died to myself, I died to my sin, I died to my preferences, and now I'm living out this new life. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, it doesn't mean I'll never stumble, but what it does mean is I have a brand new heart. It illustrates that. And then reason number four is it illustrates my new life as a Christian. It illustrates my new life as a Christian. Here's what the Bible goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I love that. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. Romans 6 and verse 4 says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that, that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might too walk in the newness of life. And so here's what happens. At the moment of salvation, something different happens inside of you. Your sins are forgiven. You're given a brand new heart. Those old things that used to dominate your life are no longer the number one thing in your life. And now you begin to live it out. It's not perfect, but what ends up happening is that internal change, that thing that started inside of you, eventually leaks its way out. It leaks its way out in our thoughts and our attitudes and our speech and the way that we treat others. And so it is that way that we illustrate this brand new life. We have a new life. If you're in Christ, you have a new life. If you're in Christ, you have a brand new start. If you're in Christ, you have the ultimate do-over. It's not you that's able to live that out. It's Christ living inside of you. And so this is why baptism is a big deal. This is why baptism is so important. The question people ask is, well, who should be baptized? And the simple answer is anybody that's put their faith in Jesus, anybody that said yes, anybody that has said, I have decided to follow Jesus. When should I be baptized? Well, that's a great question. The when is after you have decided to follow Jesus. Has there been a moment that you've put your faith in Jesus? Has there been a moment that you said, I'm all in? And after that moment, one of the best next steps you could do is to say, I want to follow in obedience to Jesus, telling the world that I followed him through baptism. Sometimes people ask, well, what if I was baptized before I knew Jesus? What if I was baptized years and years ago or when I was young, 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 young? And uh, the answer is I never discount any of those moments. But I think the picture in scripture is that once you've made that choice volitionally, Once you've known with your head and your heart, once you've chosen to do that intentionally, the next step is to follow him in baptism. And so if you've never been baptized, I want to invite you, if you've put your faith in Jesus, click the link in the comments today or drop us an email at hello at sugarhillchurch.com. Let's set up a time where you can talk with one of our pastors, one of our team, one of our small group leaders, and let's talk about what that would look like for you to be baptized on that wedding day. Nine and a half years ago, the pastor asked Laura, he said, what's the token of your love? And she said, a ring. And he said, may I have the ring, please? And he said, I want you to put the ring. And he talked about the power of the ring. He said, it's a symbol of love. It's a precious metal that, that shows that there's purity to love. It's a ring. It's a circle. So it's never ending. It's unending. And then he said, I want you to take that symbol and I want you to place it on the ring finger of his left hand. Can you imagine what would have happened if in that moment Laura started to slide this ring on my finger I said no 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 I'm good (laughs) 
you know, I don't really like jewelry. I don't really like bling. I'm good. It probably wouldn't have been a good night. Right? There's nothing magical about this ring. There, when, when I put this ring on, it doesn't make me married. And when I take it off, it doesn't make me unmarried. So th- there's nothing magical about this. But there is something powerful about saying in a relationship, I have decided. I'm all in. There's no turning back. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never done it, to put the ring on in your faith, to follow Jesus in baptism. Let me pray for us today as we ask the Lord, Lord, what's our next step? I'm going to pray out loud, but I invite you to pray in your head, in your heart as well. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I pray for everybody that's watching or listening to this. Father, I pray first for those that may not know you yet. If they've never trusted you, Father, I pray that you'd cause their heart to beat harder in their chest, that they would know, they would know, they would know that they need to trust you. God, would you give them the faith to do that? In fact, if that's you, as I pray this, uh, there's not a magic prayer, but there is something about voicing it and committing our heads and our hearts and our lives to them. And so if you've never trusted Jesus, but you want to, you could pray along with me this morning and say something like, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that my sin separates me from you. But I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you're alive today. And as best as I know how, I ask you to step out of heaven and into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. Help me to live for you. If you pray that for the very first time, the promise of scripture is that you have been saved. Drop us a note. Let us know that. We've got some resources for you. But if you're already a believer and you've been baptized, I want to invite you to pray this part of the prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for the powerful moment of baptism in my own life. God, help me to reflect on it. Help me to to appreciate it. And Father, if it's possible, would you help me to share that story in the next three days to somebody else and tell them how you have changed my life. God, would you put somebody in front of me that I could tell about you? Father, I pray for everybody that's watching that has never taken that next step. Father, would you help them to burn the ships and be all in? And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a joy being with you today. I mean, hello. What better place could you teach from? But we can't wait to be back together. You're seeing some announcements coming out. You're seeing some emails coming out about that. We can't wait to regather. But until that date, man, I want to encourage you to share these with a friend. Join us each and every week. Pastor Chuck has a fantastic, I'm telling you, a fantastic message next week from one of my favorite passages about water. But as we go today, my prayer for you comes from Numbers chapter 6. I'd love for you to look it up. In fact, there's been a song recently written about it, but years ago, it's a verse that God used in my heart during a time of extreme loss of my dad's passing. And it's a verse that we actually put on his headstone. And it's from number 6, where it talks about the Lord blessing you and keeping you and his favor shining on you. That's my prayer for you today, that wherever you go, you'd walk with him, you'd walk in him, and you would walk in the favor of God. We love you guys, and we'll see you back here soon. Thanks for joining us for another great day of worship and teaching. Even though we might be physically distanced, we want you to know that we're still here for you to connect with us. You can do that in a couple of different ways. You can comment below, or you can send us a message. You can send us an email at prayer 
at sugarhillchurch.com. It would be our joy and our privilege to pray for you or connect with you in any way. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you and go in peace.